Broadcasting live from the spectator seating on the plane of Kylum, this is Tap Tap Concede. Hey everybody, welcome to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, and joining me is Nelson. Hi there. Cameron. Hello. And Ben. Yo! And we're talking about Commander, Commander Legends, Commander Legends previews. We are recording this the Saturday, well, we're recording this on Halloween. We're recording this the Saturday before the Commander Legends PPR, before the full set is spoiled. So we're going to be talking about some of the cards that have been officially spoiled at this point, and a little bit about the draft because at the time of recording, we recorded our draft for the PPR yesterday. And obviously we won't be talking about any cards that we might have seen that aren't officially spoiled at this point, but we can talk a little bit about doing the actual Commander Legends draft because it was it was very different. Before we get into that, a reminder, of course, that Tap Tap Concede is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all of your card based needs they'll ship singles anywhere in the world and sealed product anywhere in the u.s and tell them loading ready run sent me button please and they'll give you a little one inch button which currently says mill is canon but they are running low i've got to get some new designs over to kevin and of course this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run so yeah, the other day we got to do a draft of Commander Legends. Obviously, we did everything safely and by guidelines, and you'll see more of that at the PPR, so don't worry about that. But this was <laughs> this was different. So it's 3 packs of 20 cards. So the car the packs were uh, thick. It's only 5 extra cards, but it was like this this pack is engorged with value and you take two cards for every pick and then at the end of it you'll end up with 60 cards and you've got to make a 60 card deck the reminder slip that comes with the box says that there's about 25 lands on average in a 60 card deck so you want i guess about 35 spells unless my math is way off i guess it depends on your curve in, yeah. in, in it but yeah around around that or so. For a commander deck, you know, starting at 25, 26 lands is probably good. You could go up if you wanted. Yeah, it depends depends on what what kind of like archetype you're playing. Like I I I ended up with like five CMC and up tribal. So I'll probably be higher in the land count, but maybe somebody who's doing something like lower to the ground could probably get away with 20 because like 23 to 22 is a standard deck land count typically maybe even 21 if you're playing aggro. That's interesting because, yeah, the thing definitely says like 25 is an average spot to land. So I guess they are sort of banking on, look, this game's going to go long. You're going to need lands. Well, the set includes a bunch of six plus drops that are quite good, right? So a lot of decks, I think, will be aiming to hit their first six land drops. And if you want to hit your first six land drops without much help, I recommend playing at least 25 lands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, how was the experience for you three of actually doing the draft because i mean obviously we're in a position where there was a bunch of cards that had not been spoiled so we were doing a lot of reading but just you know figuring out the two the two picks let's let's let me throw to cameron yeah thank you it was i mean i how else do you say it? it's it's a bit strange we've seen formats like this like the last time we drafted we were taking two out of the pack right? Yes. Yeah. And double masters, double masters. We took two picks out of pack one, but then after you passed your pack, we just took one each after that. Oh, really? So every time you opened a pack, that's what we did last time, right? I believe double masters was take two. No, it was a take two out of every pack. It was take two, the first pick out of each (laughs) pack. Oh, yeah. But this is every pick is two cards, meaning that in a pack of 20 cards you're only making 10 decisions, right? And we've also seen something kind of similar in battle pawn. Yeah. 
It's like drafting Battle Bond, but by yourself, yeah. But it, it let you plant a flag early, which I feel is important. You know, you could signal quite hard, and it helped you put together, like, your important playables early on. Because it's real easy to, like, wind up with a stack you can't play in this format. I felt deeply concerned for a while I was not going to have a playable deck, or I was going to wind up with the Piper. Oh, right. I guess we should mention also the Prismatic Piper, if you're unaware of this. There's this card called Prismatic Piper. It's a colorless legendary shapeshifter that is a common and it'll, it'll just be in the common slot they said it's a in a one in about every six packs it's a three three for five and you can make it your commander it also has partners so you can make it and something else your commander or you could just make two of them your commander in different colors and before the game you choose a color and prismatic piper is that color and you can freely add that to your pool like you don't have to draft it it's like adding basic land after the draft you can be like yo is there a prismatic piper kicking around the table cool i'm gonna that's my commander because i never ended up with it ben had to go for you then it ended up being a last pick i think that was like passed over to me the piper i i was like a little bit worried in the beginning because i was just like oh i'm just like picking these cards that are really good in this color pairing that i want to do how likely is it that I'm actually going to end up getting commanders in this color? And it turned out to be very likely because I think I ended up with like seven or eight legendaries that had partner or there was one that I got that was actually just dual colored in, in, in mine. So it's 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 you really don't have to worry too bad, I think, about getting getting a legendary in your color pairing unless you're like fighting with like two or three other people at the table. I think like it, it felt pretty safe in that way. From a draft perspective, it was super interesting. It like, is it just me or did it feel like super removal light? I would say that feels accurate. Yeah, like I think the only like for sure piece of removal that I had was oh god, it's the it's the red so is it soul fire? The 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 red spell that lets one of your creatures deal damage equal to its power to another creature for 3. Soul's fire, yeah. I I think that's like the only actual piece of removal or so that I ended up getting like drafted. And what's interesting too is like coming at it from a commander perspective spells like that not great you know it's like there's that there's that interesting thing where you look at you look at cards that go in commander you know like lightning bolt is a great card in commander not so great like it's unless like you're doing something kind of around that sort of strategy it's not a great card but then like primeval titan kind of a kind of a bulk rare in 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 like constructed formats in commander so good it got banned you know so it, there's like this weird sort of like disconnect and and so, a lot of the removal that was in here was was really really weird to me in that kind of way but i guess that's sort of what it's supposed to feel like like you're it's not supposed to be like primo removal all the time kind of a thing there like because there are like some decent ones like i guess there's like cage of hands and stuff like that but like single target removal is, has always been sort of like a weird sort of a thing in commander so seeing it like being sort of one of those sort of picks is it was wild to me and i guess like the other thing that i really ended up noticing while it was going around was because everybody was able to take two picks there was kind of i, I think i just heard everybody over like talking about it was like how pack one 
felt really good and like we were you we were grabbing some things and then I, there seemed to be like a unanimous thing that like pack two felt really off because like you were kind of going like so deep and at least for me like i was going so deep into sort of one archetype and then coming back the other way if somebody on that side was feeling like sort of the same way and double picking out of that same sort of archetype it just sort of like disappeared really quick i don't know maybe 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 it was that was just sort of a, a weird happenstance but pack three came around and it was great and and that sort of seemed to pull a lot of people's decks together as well so i mean without wanting to spoil too much of the draft video at the ppr i was also getting as it turns out hard cut in pack two yeah yeah like pack two felt really weird and it seemed like a lot of people had that sort of same vibe so i don't know it was it was such a unique environment that being said i came out of it feeling pretty powerful so maybe that maybe that's a result of this double drafting style format yeah, i think our pod had like so like eight of us drafted together and there were three people in a row who were like kind of Esper colors. And on the other side of the table, there were three people in a row who were all green. So it's like that second pack just felt so much weirder than the first and third pack where like you were kind of used to whatever amount of these cards everyone were fighting over, you know, and your your place in that hierarchy. And then it went it was backwards. And like this can happen in any other format, too. But yeah, there's something about the Commander Legends draft because you're trying to make sure you have enough playables and a commander and like you're just under more pressure, I think, to kind of like get your deck together. And in pack one, it feels like still anything's open. You still got 40 picks ahead of you by the end of pack one. But then pretty quickly in pack two, you're like, oh, do I have to take take this commander sphere like you know how much do i really want to be in this third color i have a tr i have a tricolor you know legend for it maybe but maybe i don't want to bother and i'm going to end up with better commanders later and i just don't take this third color of card it's more of a balancing act of trying to make sure that your spells are playable and that you're you've got enough spells for your deck yeah well like i mean in in that vein right like when i'm draft when you're drafting like any other format you know, it gets to pack three or so, right? And and you open up this like bomb rare that's maybe like a gold card. And it's got one of the colors that you're in. And then maybe it's maybe it's just like one, like maybe maybe you're in Gruel, right? And you open up some bomb Rakdos rare. For me, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take this card. It's definitely splashable. In this format, you can't really do that unless it's like it's like a legendary that has a partner, right? And then you can partner it up with something else in your deck and, and maybe get that like you know that three color shard or wedge but if you if it doesn't you kind of just have to go well there's no like i, can't, I literally it, it is not legal for me to 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 take and play this card so that that's what really threw me i think during the drafting portion yeah having to keep in mind color identity but not the singleton nature that was weird right it's like no no i can't take this because it's not in my colors, but I can take this even though I already have one. Yeah, I, f I felt it like it was a kind of confusing extra balancing act. I had a good time. I read a lot of cards as well. But yeah, I definitely struggled several times with which way is my deck going? Is it worth, you know, taking this legendary creature so that I have the option of building that deck later? You know, we mentioned it's only you only have you only make like 30 picks total because you take two cards at once. And I really like that we said it already. But looking back, it's like, yeah, you really want to know if you bother taking this particular commander that you have at least one card that goes with it, you know, so down that decision tree. Or you really want to know, like, if I'm going to take this, you know, piece of a strategy like this a plus b thing that i can take the other thing from this pack that goes with it as well more so than a normal draft it just felt very it felt it, it felt more comfortable and easier to get through the draft taking two cards at once so i, I really like that they did that and presumably if you're not reading a bunch of cards for the first time and also filming <laughs> the draft your draft should 
theoretically go a little quicker than a normal draft. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. like the when, once you once people sort of got a feel for what was going on, like you were definitely like passing things along pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, I think the first first pack we're reading a lot. Second pack we're all just trying to figure out what to do. Like it's difficult strategy time, but then the third pack is pretty quick. Yeah, I would say if if I if if I drafted this again, I'm just sort of like looking down at least what's been spoiled, but like more more so than than anything like in the first couple in in the first maybe pack or, you know, maybe pack and a half. Any dual colored commander that has partner might actually just be like like tier one pick always just leave yourself wide open for colors yeah yeah just yeah. So you can kind of go in that route right and even if you don't end up using one of those like three colors maybe that you end up having access to at least you're at least it like leaves you open to do those kinds of things you know i'm checking out the the previews and i think all all the two color partners are just reprints of the original partner commanders and they're at mythic so it's like it's so hard to do that. Basically, the way the set shakes down is there are some regular rare and mythic, I think, three color legends. So you can get one of those and that's sweet. Or there's a whole bunch of uncommon partners that are one color. And so you can probably plan on getting two of those. They might not be the ones that you want for the deck that you're trying to play. For example, like my deck ended up blue red and I have partners. One of my partner commanders is like on theme and the other one isn't, but at least I have two commanders and I can play my cards. So, that's, so but finding, finding a, a way into a three color deck is pretty hard. And what's interesting too, is like more, more so I felt this going through this probably be out of necessity, but in any other format I've ever drafted was fixing was easy <laughs> like to, to pick up. Mm -hmm. There was so much, you can't always like grab it. I think, I think I think Ben Wheeler ended up grabbing one of the the new rare enemy colored duel the training center I think it was and he's like I'm not even in blue red right and it's like in in, an, in another format you're like sick I have this dope you know dual land that that'll help me fix in it but he's like I actually can't play training center because I don't have an is it commander <laughs> like because so because of color identity you actually can't even run that land in the in the deck so it's it's weird it's weird but I I really did enjoy it yeah I'd really recommend if you're going to draft this try to draft with friends or like well obviously we're not drafting in stores right now basically anywhere unless you're in some sweet region that doesn't have any cases but yeah like if and when you end up drafting this i recommend having the cards not just be going to whoever's drafting them because of this dual land and other you know some kind of expensive mana fixers and it's like the way that the format draft format should feel i think is that people are kind of fighting over legendaries and you maybe like take a few cards for one deck because they're good cards and you want to win and then like you have a few different half decks built by the end of pack one maybe and then you can kind of settle in because i i agree as ben's just saying like getting the actual color fixing like the terramorphic expanses and their armillary spheres and the rare duels is actually easier than making sure you have like you know the boros dwarf for your champion of flame deck mm -hmm. well let's then encourage everyone to tune in to the ppr on november 6th at 11 a.m and actually see that draft and the games that follow and also some sealed play even though the format is definitely designed for draft but hey we're here to mix it up and let's start talking about some of the actual cards that we're excited to to see because there's been there's a there's many yet to spoil but boy they have made some things with high power and some things with deep cuts there was a card spoiled today that from a flavor perspective from a mechanics perspective just everything about it makes me so happy and it's it's a card called have you seen hans erickson uh yeah 
Yeah, so it's two red and a green for a 1-4. For a legendary creature, human scout. Whenever Hans Erickson attacks, you reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you put it onto the battlefield tapped attacking defending player or a planeswalker they control. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. When you put a creature card onto the battlefield this way, it fights Hans Erickson. <laughs> <laughs> so just from alone, mechanically, this card is hilarious. So yeah. Ice Age, yeah. Yeah. And for from a lore perspective, from those who aren't familiar, this is Akhans. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, from the Lurgoif <laughs> flavor text and the one who was hanging out with Safi Eric's daughter. Which is his daughter. Yes. Or yeah. sister. Or maybe their brother and sister. I I, I, I always forget how the like the the Norse yeah. secondary names. Right. Work. Sister. Yeah, yeah, of course his sister, yeah. I guess Eric is their father. Yeah, presumably yeah. Eric is their dad, yeah. yeah. His flavor text is nothing could ruin such a fine day, Safi. Yeah, and then yeah, and so Safi Eric started got the flavor text of in a blink of an eye, she strode from deep snow to do, uh, dusty waste. From the crease of light behind her, a voice rang hollow. Safi, wait for me. And then Lurgoif is Ak! Hans, run! It's the Lurgoif! Safi Eric's daughter, last words. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, so it just sort of... It's 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 very sad, just with the nothing could ruin this fine day, Safi, and then Safi gets eaten by a Lurgoyf. Well, doesn't I mean, isn't the card of Safi Eric's daughter? Doesn't she like vorp through a portal? I isn't that what that card is saying? Because it's like she's going, she's passing through like a like one of the time spiral anomalies. Because her flavor text is like she was in the snow, and then suddenly she's in these barren wastes. Right, but maybe the Lurgoyf's still going to get her. Yeah, maybe. I mean. You, you can just imagine Hans as a child, always getting into things. You know, you turn your back on Hans for a moment, and he's just like all of a sudden covered in chocolate. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, Hans. Hans, put the butcher knife down. Daddy's going to gonna carve the pumpkins this year, okay? Yeah. I just love the art. Of, he's like bathed in sunlight, and he's his eyes are closed, and he's smelling these lovely flowers. And then in shadow in the background, Safi is just pointing off shot, losing her mind. Yeah. <laughs> this is real photos taken moments before disaster. Yeah. <laughs> that is the... Uh, Erickson family uh, trope, isn't it? Real photos taken moments before disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just like from as a, as a commander, I would almost just like, I, this could actually be like bear tribal alternative if you wanted to also have access to red instead of just Queen Ayula. If everything's a 2-2, they, they both punch each other. They nod heads, you know, and go, okay, that was cool. Neither of us is dead. And you get free bears out of it. But I mean, there's probably a bunch of other ways you could go with the deck. Yeah, I recommend stuffing a maze of Ith into your hands, Erickson deck. Ah, yeah, that's not a bad mm -hmm. idea. How tough can you make Hans, right? Where he's just like completely beaten up, but still rummaging through things, poking at things. Are one of the enchantments that's like, that's like makes the creature deal no damage and take no damage in red or green. I know there's one in blue. Yeah. I mean, looking at this actually with uh, off of what Cam just said, you could probably take this in like a in an assault formation kind of deck where everything's based on toughness because then the fighting doesn't really matter because they're they've got neither of them have like any power and then you just start beating people with Pons Erickson butts. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he seems he seems really cool. I also want to talk about this mythic chimera hydra called apex devastator yeah so it's a 10 10 for eight green green so a 10 10 for 10 with four abilities cascade 
Cascade, Cascade, Cascade. Malkovich, Malkovich. The first, the first thing I thought of was that was like a Chappelle show. I don't know if anyone still gets Chappelle show references that aren't Rick James related, but the one of just like, what are the four greatest Magic the Gathering keywords? Cascade, 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 Cascade. Because I spit <laughs> hot fire. It looks the the. The extended art, the extended art version of it doesn't even have the reminder text. So it just says Cascade four times in the rules box. and It looks really funny. It, it's it's super weird looking. There's the other part of me that's like there's four Cascades, but in the art, there's five heads in that. I don't know. I'm just like, oh. yeah, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of this adds up. R&D was like, ah, you know, five. Ah, that's that's ex- that's extreme. House rule. You have to pay 12, but you can cascade a fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'd be all right with that. It's still only a 10 10. But if you pay an extra commander tax, you get an extra cascade. You heard it here first, folks. Cascade worth two mana. I mean, seems like it. Yeah. No, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Ten, ten for two green. I, they they've done it already. Like, is, isn't isn't that big dinosaur legendary two green mana for a ten, ten or something or a twelve, twelve trample? Galta. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Anytime, anytime that you're facing down a Galta, your opponent only paid two green for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that I mean. It, it's cool to see. I know I know Cascade is one of those mechanics that's kind of up there in terms of power level like Storm. There's not that many cards printed with it, but the fact that there's more are happening gets me kind of excited because I think it's such a fun mechanic. I, I love like the RNG factor adding into the, the gameplay of the deck and having more than just like Maelstrom Wanderer and some of the OK Cascade cards and stuff that people would use for combos. Just having a big dummy that does it a bunch of times seems pretty sweet. I really like where they want the cascade cards in this set at least the ones i've seen so far it it doesn't seem like any of them are a blood braid elf mm-hmm. you know not, none of them look like they're too powerful they're all pretty expensive but they look more fun so hopefully that'll you know that'll continue to be the case in the draft games yeah well i mean in averna the chaos bloom the teamer legendary creature the new one has the ability that when you cascade you can put a land card from the exiled cards uh, onto the battlefield tapped which is just kind of fun and unique and kind of reminds me of is it pan glacial worm that you can cast when you're like looking through your library while you're searching your library you may cast pan glacial worm yes yeah sort of goofy things like that that sort of flip magic rules around or 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 intricately kind of like weave themselves in are really neat there was a there was a new card that was i think spoiled today as well called obeka brute chronologist oh yeah i really like this one yeah Yeah. yeah this is a weirdo card so it's one and then Grixis, so blue, black, red for a three, four, and just has the ability you can you can tap them and and the player whose turn it is may end the turn. With the flavor text, I'm bored with now. Yeah. <laughs> so the when I looked at it, I was like, well, no one's gonna ever want to end their turn. And then basically the other the other boot dropped, and I went, oh, th- this sh- this should be your commander for alternate loss condition tribal alternate loss yeah. condition War- warriors yeah. oath commander yeah yeah car-, car you know cards like lich's mastery and like all all these ones that are like demonic pact yeah yeah demonic pact any of these ones that are like 
you would like would trigger a you lose the game thing onto the stack then you just tap her and end the turn and you don't lose the game wow yeah so i mean and and i mean i think people were kind of doing this already with effects like sundial the infinite and whatnot but there there's like a there's a surprising amount of cards that are also just end the turn cards like time stop and glorious end which Mm. is funny because glorious end ends the turn but then also makes you lose the game next turn but yeah, it's I don't know. It's super I I I I really want to pick her up and just play all cards that make me lose. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nice to have this kind of effect on tap, right? I feel mm-hmm. that those decks need to have this when they need to have it, right? So having it on your commander, probably important. You could probably make some cuts and put in some more interesting cards. Yeah, I agree. I think there's gonna be some really neat builds with uh, Sundial of the Infinite as your commander. I also think the fact that you can do it for other people could lead to some interesting politics effects where it's like, you know, maybe what like spell jack or like gather specimens those are kind of like popular cards that's somewhat popular at least so you know with obeka you can choose to like do someone a favor and be like oh okay well hey i'll tap obeka on your turn and you can choose to end the turn if you don't want this third player to steal your creature right or like hey this combat suddenly got really bad for you i'll end i'll let you end your turn now if you don't attack me until until such and such is dead or whatever yeah or like if if one of your opponents is about to like accidentally mill themselves out or is was getting milled out or whatever couldn't you just like with the do you have do you have a priority at any point where you could end it before they go for the draw yeah for sure you can tap it during someone else upkeep before they've drawn a card yeah and then uh, unless somebody else like instant speed makes them draw or something you know in response to your rebecca then you can like yeah just use your rebecca to keep someone alive with no library that's kind of fun mm-hmm. maybe they have to do your bidding <laughs> it's like you stay in this game for as long as i say so keep attacking them yeah well i guess they can't do that but yeah Maybe you need them to stay in the game because they control an enchantment that's keeping you alive. I don't know. Yeah, it's politics. And that's that's the the beauty of Commander, isn't it? Certainly, I, I like this card too and would, wouldn't mind putting a deck together for them. It seems like it'd be fun to play. So I love that they printed a new kobold in the manner of the original kobolds. So it's Rograk son of Rolga, who I'm reading in an article on the wizard's website that explains a bunch of these characters, that he is leading a rebellion against his tyrannical father. Oh, okay. He's the good guy. Yeah, there's a lot of division in the kobolds of Kirikeep at the moment, but all the original kobolds, there was three of them in, I don't know, Unlimited? Like, long time ago. They're all from Legends. Legends, right. And they're all zero mana creatures, and they're all O1s. So you need to, like, pump them in other ways or have cards that care about kobolds. So Rograk is a 0-1 for 0, but is red, legendary creature, with first strike, menace, and trample, and partner. <laughs> I just, I love it. I don't know what you can do with with that but <laughs> there's actually a fun thing that you can do right in the if you're drafting it which is which is fun for me anyway for me which was you can take rograk as your commander and partner it with uh with that horse with the new jessica card oh so now you're double you're you're, you're, you're all in on red or the horse the horse is a great idea too but jessica is two and a red for a zero loyalty planeswalker she's she's finally got a planeswalker card and she enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game and then you for, for zero you can choose a creature until the next turn you deal combat damage to, if it would deal combat damage to one of your opponents it deals triple that damage to that player instead or you can minus x her and deals x damage to each other to three targets so with with being zero it's so easy to just cast him 
you know, a, a bunch of times. And then Jessica's loyalty gets more and more each time she like will 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 come in, like each time a commander's been played. That's I don't know. I, yeah, I just I, it's a fun little synergy there. If as though having I, well, it's it, I'm just just not not to not to divert from that, but just like it's super interesting that like the planeswalkers in this set, like planeswalkers are always a weird thing in Commander because they basically put a giant target on your head so it's like i don't even know if you first pick a planeswalker when you're drafting this because i'm just like this feels like i'm just people are going to hate me and want and want to attack me all the time uh, you probably you probably still take planeswalkers yeah like it's 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 still good it's just like it's 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 sort of wild you instead of one person you've got to worry about three other people i just want to briefly explain what what we meant when we said the horse so there's Keleth Sunmane Familiar, which is a 1-1 legendary horse for one and a white. The lore here is that apparently Keleth, like known known in some circles as the Kingmaker, will like choose a knight and like appear as a familiar. And then once the battle is over, Keleth vanishes. It's like a just like a ghost spectral horse or whatever that will like appear in any random battle and be like, you, you may ride me to victory. <laughs> But the ability of the card is it's a 1-1 one, one with partner. And whenever a commander you control attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So I, I like the idea of Rograch and Keleth <laughs> riding together. Also, just like really great turn one into turn two plays from your command zone. Yeah. Do you think Keleth is from Theros or do you think they're from like Alara? I, I can't get a clear bead from the, the art or the name. Sunmane would be Theros because there's the Sunmane Pegasus. Okay, cool. In All right. Theros Beyond Death. I think there's a couple Sunmane cards that are. Yeah, Keleth obviously has a very kind of epic hero feel. So Theros was the first one to come to mind. Mm hmm. Should we talk about this court cycle a little bit? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of sweet new enchantments. I believe there's one for each color. So why don't we just go down the list here? The white one is called Court of Grace. Two generic and two white. So four mana for an enchantment that says when this enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. I believe they all say that. And then they all have a beginning of the upkeep trigger. The white one is at the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. If you're the monarch, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying instead. So pretty cool. It's like it rewards you for untapping as the monarch. So it's like kind of all, all monarch cards, as you know, if you play any of these conspiracy cards or anyone in your playgroups have played them, come with a little bit of a risk reward for them. Obviously, every turn you get to draw a card, but then these courts... The court enchantments kind of like up the stakes on uh, the reward for being the monarch. The black one here, Court of Ambition, two generic and, and two black. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. If you're the monarch, instead, each opponent loses six life unless they discard two cards. So that one, a bit riskier, I guess, paints paints pretty big target on your head if you're not going to win the game soon after you, you play that one. The green one, I think, was recently spoiled. Yeah, Court of Bounty. Thanks. Can you read that one? Yeah. Yeah. Two green, green. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. If you're the monarch, instead, you may put a creature or land from your hand onto the battlefield. Hmm. The blue one was one of our preview right. cards. Yeah, you've already seen the blue one. Yeah, Court of Cunning, one blue, blue, ETB, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two. If you're the monarch, each of those players mills 10. So it's your upkeep and you just go, you, 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 <laughs> mill 10. And the red one hasn't been spoiled yet. 
Okay, sorry, yeah, I'm teasing you here. Don't get to find out what the red one does yet, but, you know, probably you'll deal three damage to target creature, or if you're the monarch, you'll deal six damage to target creature or player, something like that. They all seem to kind of reward you more for untapping as the monarch. And so I think those ones, hopefully they're going to be fun to play with. I'm a little worried thinking about them now and going through them. It's kind of like, well, these are sort of win more. Like if you're behind, you know, and you can't stay the monarch, you're just letting your opponents draw more cards instead of you. And if, but if you are ahead and you're able to untap as the monarch, it just like accelerates to the end of the game. Although, you know what? Maybe win more cards are just kind of generally good in Commander. It's nice for the game. As James, our illustrious producer, would say, you know, the game's got to end sometime. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, looking at them, Court of Bounty, the green one, even if you're not the Monarch, just basically being able to put two lands in forever, unless that thing gets taken away, has always just been sort of good. Things like, like, like exploration and stuff have been Commander staples already. So it's like you know a a souza like effect i think is always just good like people in commander like to just have a lot of mana and then if you do get to just cheat in some big dummy then cool yeah absolutely and and hopefully they're all gonna feel like that you know like getting a flying token whether it's large or small getting a flying token every turn is good the blue one like you probably can put it in a deck that gets a bunch of use out of your graveyard you just mill yourself and milling for two is is kind of good that's some fuel yeah cam i know that like as a as a fan of blue i actually don't recall how you feel about mill specifically what do you make of court of Cun? Uh, it's mill is the thing that you have to be all in on right like either you you do mill exclusively or don't bother right because otherwise it's not going to do anything and it can quite easily land you in a lot of trouble right there are enough decks out there for whom milling them is drawing them cards that it is you're riding the tiger unless you pair it with something like ley line of of annihilation right that just blows away people's graveyards mm-hmm. uh, it i am not a huge fan of mill in commander mainly because people also don't like it right there there's there's a fine line between doing things that win the game and doing things that antagonize the entire pod and people don't like getting milled or having to discard their hands right yeah 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 there's like that defeated value that the that the opponent has when they get milled when they're just like oh well there goes that one spell i was really excited to play and it's now it's in my graveyard yeah there there goes my answer for this okay I guess I, I, I'm going to die in about 40 more turns. The one I'm really excited for is Court of Ambition, though. I like the cut of this card's jib. <laughs> it uh, it seems sweet. Just losing three life every turn isn't that big a deal. And losing six life even in Commander, it's tolerable for a while. So maybe this one points or paints less of a target on your head. And if so, yeah. cool. In Commander Legends draft, Mill is slightly more viable. I was going to say, yes. I think yes. Court of Cunning is actually kind of balmy in 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 the in this specific limited format. But okay. yeah, 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 just 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 because you've got less cards to to end up going through. Yeah, maybe it's kind of like oh, what was the one from Dark Ascension? The mill card that you could didn't have flashback. It had the thing where you could play it and cast it twice effectively. Nelson, what am I thinking of? Yeah, what it's a, there's a whole cycle of them. Yes, from Dark Ascension, and we just called it Mill Fireball because <laughs> it's blue and X, right? Yeah. Is this the increasing cycle? Yes, yes, the increasing thing, increasing confusion. Does that sound right? Yes, increasing confusion. Yeah. All right. Player yeah. puts the top X cards of their library into their graveyard. If it was cast from the graveyard, you put twice that many cards 
into the graveyard instead with flashback. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe maybe it's the set's increasing confusion. Yeah, so increasing confusion back in Dark Ascension Draft, just to reiterate, is like this card where the rest of your deck could be not mill at all, like the opposite of what you, you were saying previously, how you have to be all in with your deck plan, right? And you can just have one card that mills so well that you can just use that as an alternate win con, basically, even while the rest of your cards are like trying to deal damage or counter your opponent's spells. Yeah, I mean, as, as you were kind of saying, like, that's just, it's it's so interesting, like the the do i play this like will this card what level of anger you know will it will it incite in my in my opponents am i am i painting a target on my back with this with this card multiplayer formats are weird like that and with that like i mean i we, we had mentioned it we'd probably be remiss to not talk about the the the, the flower in the room hey Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because this was spoiled in a couple days ago at time of recording, the because I was on stream at the time and people were like, they reprinted Lotus for Commander, and I'm like, what? What does that mean? So Jeweled Lotus is a zero mana artifact. You can tap and sack it to add three mana of any one color, but you can spend this mana only to cast your Commander. So there was much foo for all on the magic twitter and the subreddits and you know the 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 various social spaces and i i think i come down on this i mean sort of sort of of two minds which is i actually don't think this is nearly as problematic and busted as a bunch of people think it is and i also wish it didn't exist i think that i think honestly yeah. that is the best camp to exist in for yeah, that's this. basically where i'm at too because it's mm-hmm. like it's it's undeniably powerful yeah right you know everybody's talking about these scenarios where you basically cheat out your five mana commander on turn one but then there's there's just so many aspects to it one well good job this is now an arch enemy game like and and two (laughs) you know it's literally it's rule zero of of commander has always been like it's all about fun you know and, and and the communication levels and stuff like that and so you know I, I don't think that Jeweled Lotus being a thing is any more a thing than like it, whether or not your friend is playing dual like OG dual lands and stuff, right? Like it's it, power level has just always been like a consistent conversation that people have. I could see this being really powerful in obviously like competitive EDH world, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's destroying commander as we know it as, as so many people seem to be alluding to. Definitely don't think it's going to destroy commander. I'm not sure what the scariest starts are with this card because it can only cast your commander, but you know, say you're on like Lotus into Marilyn. Marilyn is the other one that we're excited about. But anyway, say you've got like some mana dork elf, like you've got like the guilt leaf arch druid or something. And your, your deck is just trying to make lots of mana and then overrun with a Zuri. It's like, you know, Zuri commander, but you've got you had the Zuri in the 99. You get this out and like on turn one, you can make an extra mana elf if you got like the ultimate perfect draw off of a forest and a soul ring and your lightning greaves and your jeweled lotus. You know, it's just so unlikely that it should, although it might not feel like it for your friends or whatever, it should feel like it really evens out for like all the games where when your deck is all about making mana, you draw a jeweled lotus on any turn after turn three. And it's kind of like not that big a deal or it might be too late or it just helps you pay the commander tax the way that kind of Gavin was talking about and and they intended this card to feel. Yeah, I don't think it, quote, ruins commander from the perspective of casting a spell. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I think the my objection to this card has actually nothing to do with it being used for its intended purpose. My objection is that it's just another card that people feel like, well, 
I have to put this in every commander deck that I build. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the it's the next arcane signet. It's the next mana crypt. It's the next. Yeah, it's, you know, must includes and must includes probably shouldn't be mythics in limited print run sets. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, like I mean the, that that's kind of like okay, Arcane Signet, whatever. It was pretty accessible. But Jeweled Lotus is not going to be. I think the best combo I've seen that actually interests me is with Sal- so uh, Salvaging Station. It's a six mana artifact. You can tap it to return target non-creature artifact with CMC one or less from graveyard to play. Whenever creatures put in the graveyard from play, you may untap Salvaging Station. And there was just like cool combos that included using Maga Traitor to Mortals from Kamigawa where effectively like you just you you like damnation while you have a salvation on the or a salvaging station on the board and so you wipe the board right so you get like a bajillion salvaging station triggers and you just keep bringing back the lotus over and over with the salvaging station to generate a bajillion mana and then maga trader of mortals is x black 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 for a zero zero and it comes in with x one one counters on it and when it comes into play you dome somebody for the amount of counters so you basically like commander fireball somebody off of uh, a bunch of salvaging station lotus triggers which seemed really funny to me but that's probably not even the best thing that you could do <laughs> honestly the number of cards you had to describe and the amount of mana yeah. you had to put in for le- like legit mana you had to put in for this yeah. combo i'm personally fine with it i yeah. think that people should definitely right now like anyone who believes this goes in every deck proxy it put it in every deck play a bunch of games I don't think this card actually does go in every deck. I think it should only go in decks where you stand to gain a really significant advantage from getting your commander out early. Like, I think it probably goes in decks where, like, you're planning to win with commander damage. Like, you know, it's not that great at casting Earl, but it can help cast Earl. Turn one, you could cast Crick, which could be pretty spoopy. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, actually. (laughs) You know, like, Crick's pretty messed up, but I I don't know. I I think you should probably put it in Crick. Yeah. (laughs) That seems fine. I'm okay yeah. with Crick playing this card, yeah. But again, the moment you do that, I, I it's arch enemy, right? Like, like yeah. you're yeah. you're now playing a three a one v three, I think. So yeah. I don't know. It's multiplayer formats are so hard to identify in that sort of way. I mean, I can see it happening fairly often that it's like, okay, I do this, and then someone just kills the commander. It's like, well, okay, there you go. Your Lotus is gone. <laughs> now your commander's more expensive, and we can get back to playing a normal game now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Doomblade. Yeah, and those games plus the games where you just draw it and like you already have way more mana than you need, those games are gonna far outweigh the number of games where you're like, oh sweet, I have the perfect seven and I can like combo off on turn one. Those games the the, the ones where Jeweled Lotus looks really, really good, I think are gonna be rare enough that you're just not gonna want to put it in every deck. Yeah, like I was looking at this being like, oh, maybe Sharoom wants to play this, and then thinking about it and realizing I don't actually think so, right? Yeah. Shroom the Hegemon's three colors. There's there's going to be games where you're sitting on two colors and this <laughs> for a long time feeling awful. Man, I'm just thinking about playing Crick on turn one and having nothing but black pips as your entire deck and just like laying down most of your deck and then someone being like, all right, I'm at one, but I've got this gigantic board state. And someone's like, all right, lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Like, uh, I heard this wasn't a good card in Commander. Crick, son of Yogmoth, just for players who might not be familiar, is from what was he from? Even last year's commander, right? Last, last right, twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, but like two two casts for four and three black for Exian mana, life link, and then he has a bunch of abilities. 
right? For each. But it keeps going. Yeah, for yeah, he's one of these cards where you just keep reading him and he keeps going. For each black mana pip in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. And whenever you cast a black spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Crick. Yeah, this got yeah, this this feels good out on turn one, I think. Yeah. And he has lifelink. We mentioned he's a two two lifelink, right? That makes himself larger <laughs> and helps cheat more spells yeah. in play. Yeah. So for sure, I think it, the jeweled lotus likes Crick. All right, we're going to leave it there for this week, but we will have plenty more to talk about with Commander Legends next episode and maybe even beyond that. So do join us for that. Uh, reminder that the show is brought to you by CardKingdom.com. Do check out CardKingdom.com slash LRR. The show is also brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at Patreon.com slash LoadingReadyRun. Zendikar Rising nicknames are still open. If you go to LRR.cc slash nicknames, you can throw a couple ideas in there and definitely tune in for the Commander Legends PPR November 6th at 11 a.m. Pacific time at Twitch.tv slash loading ready run i think there might be some amount of daylight savings happening somewhere in the world so make sure you double check 11 a.m pacific time for that so until next time thanks to nelson hey i know it's hard work but please go vote if you haven't voted yet and cameron you're welcome and ben yo thanks Shoutouts to James for running the card reader and Jordan for editing these and Heather does podcast admin. I have been Graham. Goodbye. 